0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, o Lord. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Jesus said to them in reply, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sights, the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then what did you go out to see? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, he will prepare your way before you. Amen. I say to you, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Today is Gaudete Sunday. Rejoice. I say it again. Rejoice. And some of you may be seriously asking, what do I have to be joyful about? I know this because one of the humbling realities of being a priest is that we are invited into very deep and personal aspects of people's lives. I know some of you have lost loved ones this last year. Some are currently suffering sickness and disease. Others have relationship difficulties with family and friends, while others feel paralyzed by their apparent inability to help their loved ones. So while this holiday season can be a joy for some, I know for others, it can only amplify pain and isolation. So what I propose to reflect on this morning is how suffering and real joy are not incompatible. In other words, to reflect on the deeper, truer sense of joy. A few months ago, I gave a P3 talk where I picked apart the acronym of joy. It's corny and memorable. That the deeper level of joy comes about by prioritizing our life where Jesus is first and others are ahead of yourself. Jesus, Others, Yourself, J-O-Y, corny but memorable. I was very tempted to simply repackage that talk into this homily. And I was in the process of doing so when I heard another corny yet memorable (laughs) acronym. (laughs) So this acronym is about one of the biggest obstacles to joy, one of the great joy inhibitors the thing that prevents us from experiencing true joy more than anything else, and that is being busy, burdened under Satan's yoke, yowzer, (laughs) busy. And I am convinced that being burdened under Satan's yoke, being busy, prevents most of us from experiencing true Christian joy. I know this because many of us wear it as a badge of honor, whether it's at Christmas parties or socially, just asking that simple question, so what have you been up to? How have you been? And what's the common refrain? Busy. And if we really want to brag, we'll go on the litany of all the things that have us frenzied. Many of us walk as if we're in a race, or drive as if we're in NASCAR, or talk as if our words are on fire. I am guilty of all three and then some. But we are not meant to carry this burden because deep down, none of us wants this. But still, sometimes we embrace it, or better yet, sometimes it embraces us. Here's an example. Last year, I was chatting with a young person a few weeks after they received the Sacrament of Confirmation. I was asking them for some highlights, some graces that they have experienced They said it was the Confirmandi Retreat, this week-long retreat we took away off campus. And I was kind of surprised by that. So I simply asked, why? What was it about this retreat that you found most impactful? And they confessed that it was the longest amount of time that they've ever spent away from their phone. 14 years old, a whole weekend. And instantly I thought back to my grandmother as cell phones were becoming popular, she made the observation, What's everybody talking about? Really, what do they have to say? I don't want to know. (laughs) Anyway, so I was talking with this contra and I congratulated them and then followed up with the question, Okay, so you experienced this great joy of being disconnected from your phone. You reconnected with God. So how does that impact your day-to-day life now? Do you have times where you fast from your phone? And they looked down and examined their shoes really carefully. <laughs> so they had just confessed how wonderful it was to be disconnected from this constant busyness, as a 14-year-old experiences, and how wonderful it was to have this deep peace, this focus, where they could just be with the Lord in this silence. And Then as soon as the retreat's over, they're back at it. They're busy. And this is a burden from the evil one that can be very hard to shake. But I do see cracks in this yoke from even our secular culture, this rebellion against busyness. An extreme example is about once a month or so, I I challenge myself to go on a long walk, and often it's along the Appalachian Trail. Inevitably, I'll run into a through hiker. Somebody's walking all the way from Georgia to Maine. They're taking an entire year off of their life to shake off this yoke. Less extreme, people who check out for a whole day. They've been so busy and frantic, they just binge watch something all day long. We are in a culture of extremes, which is another word for vice. So what we need is balance. What we need to achieve this balance is virtue. That's a word that simply means strength. This is a strength that doesn't simply come from us, but it is an internal power to set good boundaries over our time, to make prudent decisions, to make decisions where Jesus is first and others, and even yourself are given their due. It's not enough to know the right decision. We need to build this fortitude, this strength, so that we can have that power when we meet somebody who's difficult or somebody's asking for our time, where we can say no or not yet. There are many different requests to our time where we need to have better boundaries. But it's much more than simple time management or learning some helpful information on how to do this. Because at the heart of breaking the yoke of Satan are these boundaries creating this environment where we can be free of these distractions, which is ultimately internal. So we can be free to profoundly encounter God. That's at the heart of the gospel passage today. It's a little subtle but it's certainly there that john the baptist sends his friends to go check out jesus now john knows who jesus is why didn't he just tell him well he wanted them to discover it for themselves so that his disciples john's disciples could have this personal encounter with jesus wasn't just enough to give them that information similarly jesus doesn't just give them the answer he doesn't just give them data he says go and tell John what you see and what you observe, what you hear. In other words, it's not about the data. You have to slow down. You have to observe, listen, digest this experience. And those clues will lead you to this profound encounter, this realization of who I am, the Messiah, the Son of God. And this will be the source of your joy. We can't tap into this joy if we just treat it like one more piece of data to scroll past. We have to become disconnected from this busyness so that we can reconnect to the person of Jesus Christ. One more brief example of how we can often allow ourselves to become busy, even too busy for the people we love and even at times for the Lord himself. In marriage preparation, I'll have engaged couples do that exercise toward the end of our sessions together and I'll challenge them to spend one hour of silence together but they can say three words in that hour together three words to the other person three things that they really admire cherish and love about their beloved so three compliments and the first person begins with their compliment and then ten minutes of silence the timer goes off the other person reciprocates with their compliment Simple enough, very challenging to spend that much time in silence with one another. One guy not too long ago um, confessed that he cried during this experiment, during this exercise. And he said that it was the first time that he was ever complimented in his entire life. I find that hard to believe. What I think he meant to say was it was the first time he felt complimented for the first time in his life that it was the silence that allowed that word of affirmation to really sink in. It's the first time he actually heard it. Then I challenged the couple to repeat this exercise, as difficult and awkward as it might be, but then also to repeat it with God. To take that time to go and tell him three compliments, three things you're thankful for, and then, if not more importantly, to take time to listen, to actually hear him tell you those three little words. More than just a lesson in time management, more than just setting healthier boundaries, we need to break the yoke of Satan's burden so that we can spiritually flourish. We need to carve out technology-free times so that God can speak to us, so that we can actually communicate with one another, so that we can actually hear what those words are saying. We need to embrace Jesus more than just an historical figure, more than just a set of facts we know about God, but to encounter him and allow ourselves to be encountered by him. This is the realization that God is with us in sacred scripture, in the sacraments, through one another, that God became one of us, that God loves us and is in love with us that he has given us a mission and a purpose. And this is the cause of our joy, even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of a busy culture. This Holy Mass, as the true presence of Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity comes present among us, may it help us to break the burden of Satan's yoke, to embrace the slow silence of Advent, so as to become with true and abiding joy. May we strive to imitate the Blessed Virgin Mary, who put God first in her life and others ahead of herself. May she who brought her Son to others bring him to us today. Praised be Jesus Christ, now and forever.